Attraction Podcast That goes from room to room Take a hyper detailed ride through To make your dreams come true Join my family Really into Disney Ride through Ride through Pavilion Welcome everyone to a brand new season of the Ride Through Pavilion Podcast My name is Jeremy I'm Amy I'm Fiona. And around here somewhere is Liam. He is our special needs adult son who loves going to Disney and talking. Well, he doesn't love talking about Disney. <laughs> maybe maybe that's some I mean, of what some he's talking of what about. what he's talking about, maybe. Of course. Uh, we actually have proof that he talks about Disney, uh, but we won't get into that. Ooh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, he can't, he can't express his opinions, but uh, we do that for him uh, as we talk about these rides. Uh, we are the- he really likes this. Uh, we, we are the podcast that uh, takes you on a hyper detailed ride through of your favorite Disney attraction so you can experience the magic no matter where you are. What was I talking about with Liam? I'll t- <laughs> I'll tell you just because it got that got so weird. Um, we we went to uh, Disney World last weekend. Quick, we live here in Atlanta. We did a quick turnaround. We left on Saturday morning, got back on Sunday night. The main reason we went down there was to preview uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, which brings us to um, our ride through today that we'll reveal in a second, in case you're not into reading podcast titles in your podcast app. <laughs> but uh, Liam was just kind of having a quiet morning the first day uh, we got there. It was a very long car car ride down there. And so he was just kind of quiet. And we went to Magic Kingdom out. and we had a fast, we had fast passes for a few things that he couldn't ride on but then we get over to pirates of the caribbean and the kid just lit lost up. his he mind lost his mind he's hooping and hollering and squealing Shaking his head he and- is being very loud and we just realized he's in there he's feeling the swing and he does of the this boat. like jazz hands thing <laughs> yeah it's it was new. it was new. really great it was like we hadn't been in a while and so it's, uh, I don't know, it was just kind of fun to see him light up, like just a reminder, just how much he does actually love Disney. So that was kind of cool. Anyway, so Fiona, <laughs> as always, why don't you tell the folks, what is today's ride through? Very special ride through. Um, It's the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Yes, we are so Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> Back goodness. No, 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 no. But, but honestly, we couldn't be more um, excited or proud to be bringing this ride through to you. It because is true. Um, it was just such an amazing um, opportunity to go to go preview Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I would just like to say that uh, my mother, also known as Amy on this podcast, got a shirt that says pew, pew, pew. On it and goes, <laughs> and she wears. It's it. very fitting. It was for me, but it was the tiniest shirt <laughs> in all of existence. So, so I stretched it over my body. Okay, no. quiet. Hey, listen before pew, pew. before we get into our hyper detailed uh, ride. I'm gonna drive through <laughs> ride through of the Millennium Falcon I mean, Smuggler's Run. We do have some business to take care oh. of. We have to uh, give a shout out to this week's sponsor. Uh, and this week's sponsor is people in fast pass lines complaining about long fast pass lines. I mean, why even bother getting a fast pass? Am I right? People in fast pass lines complaining about long fast pass lines. It's a good one. That's a good wow. one. Thank you to that sponsor. That's a very popular sponsor, by the way. 
Yeah, we love them. A lot of people um, use them. They're special. <laughs> For sure. Uh, anyway. Angry little hobbits. Well, before, <laughs> hey, hey, good Lord. Let's keep it positive, woman. Okay. Well, listen, it's you gonna guys. It's going to be funny again in a minute. We are no. ready to. I know that's how these things work. You wear it, you wear it out. Make everyone sure stops I don't laughing. Laugh. <laughs> Just so you don't encourage her. Yeah, I'll make a point. Okay. Um, regular, regular listeners of the show will know that uh, before we head over to uh, Galaxy's Edge here to, to do our ride through, uh, we do have one more stop, and that is to the ride through pavilion refreshment kiosk uh every week or not every week but every time we do a ride through we like to prepare a cocktail for the adults and a mocktail for the kid kid singular kid for fiona (laughs) uh and these cocktails and mocktails are like little nods to uh to the attraction a little hello to the um to the attraction that we're riding through. So uh, this week we decided to uh, take a sh- uh, take a crack at uh, reconstructing um, a couple of the drinks that we actually had in Galaxy's Edge last week. Uh, and so uh, th- this cocktail that we have here is the Coruscant Cooler, and it is bourbon, maraschino, mm. maraschino liqueur, sweet vermouth, cranberry, and lime juice. And it is delicious because this is pretty much, uh, if you think of this ingredient list, this is basically like a, more or less, it's a, a Manhattan uh, except it's got some extra oomph to it. It's mm, like very refreshing. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Delicious. Now, delicious. you know, it is like a Manhattan, except you put this over ice, and it does need to be over ice. Yeah. Just it's just ref- more refreshing that way. Fiona, what about your mocktail? I'm drinking uh, the Tatooine Sunset, mm. which is unsweet tea lemonade. They bottled that stuff. With <laughs> what? <laughs> melon and blueberry flavoring. And I don't know if I've ever had anything so refreshing in any of the parks. Yeah. Like, it's so, so good. And the way they make it in the park, it's it's like so not overly sweet. No, it's perfect. It's so good. <laughs> like, as much as I like that uh, Moonlight Cooler, or I don't know what they call it over at Pandora. Oh, yeah. That, that's good, but not refreshing. It's still super sweet. Like, there's it's a, very sweet. There's a point where something gets so sweet that it's, it's like it doesn't, cloyingly sweet. And it doesn't it's cool not, you down. Yeah, it's not nice yeah. to your palate. Well, so. yeah. see, it goes like this Tatooine Sunset, and then at the Baseline Tap Room, the mm-hmm. those um, colas, yeah. The mm, black cherry soda. Oh yeah, so good. Mm. Mm. All right, all right there, all, all right there. All in Hollywood, Hollywood Studios. Studios. Yeah. Yep. All right, all right, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, the description. No. Oh. no, no, Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Amy, uh, how can people find these kind of cocktails <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff related to Star or to uh, well, Millennium Falcon? You know Smuggers what they Run. can do is they can go on Pinterest mm-hmm. at Ride Through Pavilion. There's all kinds of on theme pages that go per ride. Yeah, you do a good and- job of every time we do a ride through, you put together uh, like a board. Yeah. Of 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 I all can, of, the, of all the stuff. 
that, yeah. that has to do. Um, it's cool because I, look, I get on there and it's like you've done some Disney bounding stuff. You've done some uh, some kind of DIY par- party, party stuff, DIY. Ears. Yeah, interesting recipes. Uh, <laughs> recipes. Recipes? Recipes? <laughs> you guys. I think that it is now time to head over. Now that we have our drinks in hand, we've gotten all oh, this. But now you even say the Pinterest yeah, thing? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear it. You that. guys, welcome to our rehearsal for <laughs> season two. Uh, season two premiere of the Right Through Pavilion podcast. We just thank you for hanging in there. Uh, listen next week when we have the actual episode available. <laughs> all right. Well, let's just, uh, let's just do this. Ladies and gentlemen, let us have a ride through of Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. All dang. Oh, here is the official Disney description. Fly the Millennium Falcon on a thrilling interactive smuggling mission. Ride in the famous cockpit of the Millennium Falcon on a daring flight. And whether you're a pilot, engineer, or gunner, every role is crucial. I would agree with that. Uh, And here are some stats. Uh, It is, of course, found in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um Oh, you know, I'm not going to make a commentary on that. We're just going to keep going. Uh, the opening date will be uh, uh, one week from now. Anyway, yeah. depending on when you're listening. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening at this very moment that we're <laughs> recording, which is impossible, it's a week from now. But it is August 29th, 2019. It is, of course, a thrill ride with small drops. And, and it's a little dark. It's a little can be a little loud, but no more so than other, in my opinion. And it is a total time of four minutes and 30 seconds. And you must be 38 inches tall to ride. And the accessibility information is that you must transfer from a wheelchair slash ECB, which one thing I'd like to add on is um, they allowed us to actually wheel Liam's wheelchair uh, into the, what would you call that? The The cockpit. cockpit. The cockpit and um, like transfer him into the chair itself. So yeah, Yeah, they actually had a whole separate port. Yeah. um, A whole, yeah. Like a cockpit port for yeah. people who need a little extra time. Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. We'll, we'll give you a little more detail on that in, in just a second. What do you think about that, Liam? Did that make you happy? <laughs> I thought so. It made me happy to know that we could all ride on this together. Yeah, yeah. we didn't think he would be able to, but yeah. it, it really is like, if, if you're wondering how intense it is, it it's, I wouldn't even say it's as bad as Star Tours. Like I, feel, I would say it is definitely not. Like I would, yeah. the movement of the car itself is just very it's it's smooth it's not intense i mean if you crash maybe sometimes but i mean even when you crash it's not even that bad yeah Mm -hmm. it's really not it's it 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 tends to um star tours feels like you're on like one pivot point and you're getting thrown to the left or the right Mm -hmm. the 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 um action of the millennium falcon seems like more like it sways mm-hmm, left and yeah. right or sways up and down i would compare the movement to a uh, flight of passage where it's like yes very like the movements are very slow but yeah. like they're happening you yeah know? yeah absolutely yeah 
Um, anyway, so we'll get we'll get more into that, but I think that's a, a really great thing to point out. Um, it is. I've seen people say, "Well, this is like um, um, Star Tours on steroids." I I don't agree with that. Yeah. No, I don't either. Because it's a different experience. It's it completely different. It's a different smaller experience. Yeah. It's just not as. Um, yeah. Anyway, we could we could get into the mechanics of it. But let's uh, start in, in the interior of the the, the exterior. The exterior. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, this is this is so impressive. So as as we walk up to the attraction, I mean the the thing that you cannot miss. This is like this is the central thing to mm-hmm. this. Um, it, were it taller or in the air. Um, I think you would call this the weenie of that land, right? That mm-hmm. thing that kind of keeps beckoning you back further and further to explore. Um, it's just by definition, because it's not tall and you can't see it from far away. It's not, um, it's not the weenie, but it, 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 it is at the same time. I mean, this is the defining thing in, in galaxy's, in edge. galaxy's edge, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And a black spire outpost. And that is this 112 foot replica of, or 112 foot wide replica of um, Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. It's insane. The detail on it is insane. There's blaster, there's like blaster marks. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. All kinds I, of stuff. It is cool. Yeah. I, and, and, and as you're looking at it, and uh, the engines do rev up every yeah, once in a the, while the engines are trying to spool up they're clearly doing some repairs to it and, and the lights on the back I, I don't know what you would call that what you know those like blue like those kind of yeah uh-huh. um, those would light up every once in a while and you'd hear like some engine sound yeah it, it sounds like an airplane yeah so it's more than just like a a, a sitting prop yeah a prop i mean it is it, it it's um i mean it is but it it's does hard more to overstate just how cool it is because even um it's like a Kenner toy that is blown up big <laughs> yeah, in the middle of a pavilion. It is far more detailed. Yeah. And and the other thing when you're outside that uh it's not really a visual thing but you can hear it is it almost sounds like there's um like speeders going over yes. overhead you yeah. and like they're passing by real yeah, quick. Yeah, and that seemed to happen a lot especially yeah. when you're in Black Spire Outpost and this is definitely right in the middle of that. Yeah. And you're right in the way they have the audio set up and we'll talk about this more next week on a companion episode oh. when we actually just talk <laughs> about it. No, 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 but it is part of that area so I think yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's worth talking about. Yeah, it's part of that queue. Um, um, because there's another audio effect that you hear further down on the other side of the park which we'll talk about next week but this one you do, you do hear um, if you stand there, you'll hear from behind you something coming, something coming, and then it, yeah, it goes off into it goes into speed. another speaker, off into like another, you know, like in front of you, and so it sounds like it's it's a, like a it's like a Doppler uh, effect, kind of. Yeah, like like a racetrack. Yeah, where it's 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 it's, it's in your right your ear, and then it goes, over, and that's just standing out there in the open. It's so cool. It's, yeah, it's, the sound design in this park is it's unbelievable. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So as you're standing there, there is an opening to your left, and so once you're done just staring and being in awe of the Millennium Falcon, uh, you will see that there's an opening there to the left, um, and uh, that is the entrance to the Onaka Transport Solutions, owned by Hondo anaka and uh, everyone i think everyone's going to be very excited to hear that this one does have a, zig- a single rider line yes so you can if you don't have a fast pass on this and you don't care if you ride with your the people that you've come with you can get in the single rider line and that that was 
smoking pretty fast. Yeah. Was- yeah. I mean, it's clearly necessary because even on a preview day, when they have on a preview day when they have that single rider line open, I mean, they're but no fast pass line. I mean, it just it just shows you they need to like have people in there filling. Right. Well, and in. when you have families of four, and there's you can six throw things two to people fill. in there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they do keep that line buzzing. Yeah. So the whole time. So Hondo, uh, Hondo uh, Onaka is a character. Uh, he is he is in the canon. He made appearances in the Clone Wars. He um, he helped the Republic uh, in the in the Clone Wars. He helped uh, he helped the Rebels uh, in in the uh, the uh, TV series Star Wars Rebels. Uh, he came back and he was a he was a big part of that as well. So I need to watch those. He's kind of a he's kind of a Lando character. He's mm-hmm. he's he's a rascal. He's in it for himself probably at the end of the day, but he can be trustworthy and he is and fairly he's for loyal. The- for the rebellion. Yeah. And anything he's doing, you know, I mean, it just seems to be like he's in it for himself, but there seems to be this part of like him that really good. wants to. Yeah. So, uh, definitely that kind of, and, and you get that they, you, you hear from him. He's a major part of it in the sense that he, uh, is, uh, such an incredible presence uh, when you get to that animatronic of him, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but still, you, they still really convey his character very quickly. Mm-hmm. His, his, and I don't mean his you character. You catch on. His character, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so um, as you're walking in then to the Onaka Transport Solutions, uh, you're, you're looking at three different opportunities to go into you know a different line. To the far left is the single rider line. To the middle is the fast pass line, and then to the right is the standby line. We did the fast pass line one time with Liam because we got a return time. Das pass. Yes, you can use your das pass on this. Yeah, I cannot remember. There wasn't anything real special yeah, about it. I think I think you just go down. It, it's kind of like a um, flight of passage. You go down a bunch of generic halls. It's just it's yeah. completely. Um, Exactly. I would compare it yeah. to Flight yeah. of Passage, exactly. Where you get a bit of the story um, in something like um, uh, um, Everest. Yeah. You, you get a bit of the story. They've, they've, they've done that for you. Here they don't. You just, you're just there. They're literally utilitarian hallways to get you to the front mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the line. Yeah, there's nothing real special. But if you But do, it is fast. It is fast, yeah. If you do standby, just hold on to your butts, America, because it is a... Uh, <laughs> It is quite a thing. Um, so let's go ahead and start talking about it. When you go into, when, when, as we're walking into that um, standby queue, um, you, you kind of come back outside, outdoors, but now you're kind of on the other side of the barriers that are around the Millennium Falcon. Um, and you get to, uh, there's like kind of two switchbacks that are outside that go along the backside of the Millennium, the Millennium Falcon. So now you're getting a really good up close and personal look at it. Um, and it, it's, there's just a bunch of freights around. There's a bunch of spare parts. And um, the, the thing that I'll say about this is um, when I was going back behind it, I noticed that it literally is sitting on its own landing gear, mm. which is a massive structure. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why that surprised me. Like you would think they'd have some kind of illusions to where maybe there's some freights or you know, some, some right. crates or whatever. No, this thing is sitting on its own landing gear. That's cool. And it's insane. It's just, I can't say enough. And as you're walking along the back, you do see that there's kind of like some, some coupling hoses Mm -hmm. that are going into the building itself. Um, So there's. That are 
gassing it or whatever yeah. needs yep. to be done. Yeah. Updating the computer. Yeah. Um, let's see what else outside. So as we're walking. Hydraulic fluid. Yep. Yep. Antifreeze. Antifreeze. Mm-hmm. Freon. <laughs> Steering. Automatic steering uh-huh, fluid. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, one thing I noticed is there's these like tunnel type things. They're not really tunnels, but they're like as if because there's rock structures throughout Black Spire. Or is that? No. Mm-hmm. Yep. Black Spire outpost. And um, so there's like these rock formations. It almost looks like in these tunnel things. They're not really tunnels, but like as you walk through them, it looks like something's come through and like drilled out. Yeah. These like pathways yeah. for you. And it, it's really interesting. Yeah. Actually. And I, and I love that because they are tunnels. I would call mm-hmm. them tunnels, yeah. but it doesn't have like, um, when you look at the, the marks that the machinery that made this tunnel, when you look at those marks that the, that machinery left behind it, it's not like a circular Mm-mm. kind of like drilling thing. It's, it's almost like, like a laser. It, it's like a laser. Yeah. It's like it got pushed out yeah. you know, linearly. And um, so it's cool. You're right. So, so when you get back around to that second switchback, you kind of come back inside the building a little bit, but now you're kind of in and out of these tunnels inside, mm-hmm. outside before you hit the big cavern. Yeah. yeah. Where a lot of the switchbacks happen. Yeah, exactly. So your final thing back there, if the line is long enough, and I'm assuming it will be for a very long time, you kind of, there's one final um, area where you really start to see like blast doors and you're starting, you see some grates and you're hearing some workers, mm-hmm. you know, inside of those yeah. grates. Well, and, and one thing I want to mention is, and it might be different for when it actually opens, but the wait time said 75 minutes and I would not say we were there for 75 minutes. We were there probably 45 minutes. Yeah. It went by so quickly. Yeah. And we had to, we had to wait a lot longer in the lounge than a lot of other people because we were wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. More on that in a second, but you're absolutely right. But like, don't, don't judge the, Wait time too much, right? Because it really did. It does move. They do seem to move people through quite and, and, a bit. And there's not, a t- like, there's not very many interactive things, but like, there's tons to look at. Yeah, yeah. Like every time we went through, I felt now. Like, now, I what I don't know is because we didn't get that. Um, I had uninstalled the Disney Play app, mm. and I noticed then there was a bunch of QR codes yes. and stuff, and so. I'm, I was trying to reinstall it in line and it's like a hundred megabytes. It's like a huge app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't get it there in time. I don't know if there's anything with the app that well, a bunch will of kids, cause. I, I did notice a bunch of kids were going around and scanning them and it just showed up something on the phone. So I think it tells you what's in the uh, different oh, cargo cool. that's really cool. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Next time. All right. And just another reason to go through standby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and so as we go through, um, we get into the first really like big, um, uh, room. signs of life in this big room is this mechanics room mm-hmm. and it's huge and it is full of Easter eggs and props. It is mm-hmm. insane. So let's keep in mind that at the end of the day, Hondo is a smuggler. He may have this transport solutions front as a, you know, as a business front, but he is a smuggler. He has contraband. And so there's just a ton of stuff in this mechanic area, uh, including cargo contraband cargo so um i mean let's just let's just go through and just see well, how and, many and it's also name. i think important to note that up until this point there's been no music 
there's been some right. kind of workier sounds and some like electronics and stuff. And yeah. Things, but, but no music until you hit this, the big cavern yeah. part. And now you hear, you're right. Now you hear music that sounds like it's coming from a radio that, you know, the it workers are listening. It is coming from a radio. And so, yeah. When you go through, I mean, the, the, the first thing that jumps out at me was that Sabat game. So there mm-hmm. was a, there was the, the Sabat card game that was clearly they were in the middle of it, but they had to get up and walk away from it. Um, so to, to see the cards, to see, you know, it's, it's, it's always been part of the Star Wars canon, but we didn't really ever get to see it played until Solo between Lando and Han Solo. But, um, but to see it like there in real life, I don't know, was just... Pretty, yeah, it was really pretty cool. spectacular. Um, other other details. Um, there was a um, there, there, there's a crate there, and in front of the oh hello, Mister Business. Our cat has decided <laughs> that our podcasting table is a perfect place to take <laughs> to a nap. <laughs> Uh, fine. <laughs> he looks fine. so comfy. He's the Kylo Ren of cats. <laughs> yes. He really is. No, he's not. Mm, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he's the Jar Jar Binks of cats. <laughs> Poor Mister Business. So happy, <laughs> but uh, within this crate, you see, um, you see this armor. We see, we see stormtrooper armor. Uh, we see a whole wall of of stormtrooper blasters in the back mm-hmm. too. Which is super cool. Um, just stuff just stacked up everywhere. That's everywhere. Like, it, it's going to take several times walking through, I think, to really catch everything. Yeah, because a lot of it you look at and you're like, oh, I think I know what that is, but I'm not sure what it is. So um, uh, let's see some other things. Um, there's a stack of blasters, and one of them is Jen Urso's, that very distinctive sleek blaster that she Which had I, in Rogue How did they get that? Um. She was part of the, oh, you mean like how did it? Yeah. Oh, let's not think too much about it. Okay, let's, we're not gonna think too much. About it. Was she wearing it when she <laughs> died? No, no, no. Let's not, let's not talk about it. All right. She might not have. Okay. Maybe she dropped it. Yeah. We'll, on the ship. We'll that say that. Took off. Okay. So then no, there's we'll there's <laughs> there's uh, one of my favorite things was a fifty gallon trash can that had the legs of an astromech droid. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? Uh, uh, there was a um, scout trooper helmet that was turned upside down and used as like an oil pan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so the uh, the uh, the the speeder pilot drivers, uh, the scout troopers from the planet of Endor, uh, there was one of their helmets there. Uh, by the way, there's fake oil dripping everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's moisture everywhere, just kind of painted on, and you're constantly like tempted to yeah, touch it, it to looks- make sure it's. It's not real. It does look very real, but when you touch it, it's just glossy paint. You guys, yeah. there was a freaking harpoon from a snow speeder on there. Ugh. Come on. It's crazy. <laughs> the quad laser cannon from the Falcon. Uh, and then, so as you're traveling up this ramp, kind of, um, you're going up this ramp and you're looking further and further down on all of this stuff. And then finally you get up to the top and then there is a, uh, there's like a sublight engine that, um, then you can hear over the intercom. People are trying to get the sublight engine to work. Now I had read that this only happens about every 30 minutes. We happen to be passing by when it when it, it happened. happened. And so it is an extremely detailed engine. They've got it up on mounts and they're just trying to fire it up and there's lights and it's, it's vibrating everything. There's this low rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, pr- I mean, the- it was something that even Liam could feel in his yeah. chair. Yeah. He, you could tell it. Yeah. 
it's just so much of the detail. I mean, I can't even, I can't even get this across enough. Is yeah. that at that point you're just you're just so numb to the detail of yeah. it all. You know what I mean? And like, if somebody just showed you that outside of the context, right? Um, of of this ride cue, I think you would just be looking at it for a very long time and you'd be very impressed. But they have so much detail up until that point. You look at it and you're like, this is really cool. I wish I could actually soak it in, but I can't. It's the it's the same kind of detail and care that they put into um, Expedition Everest. I feel like, yeah, just a lot just to look at. So many things to see, and you know, yeah, and just the things that they gathered from yeah. different places and stuff. Yes, insane. it's a real gift to a Star Wars fan. Have I said insane a million times? Because Probably, it is insane. Let's face it. Uh, and so you kind of get to the final end of this queue here, which is to me surprisingly short. Um, it just didn't take that long. I don't know if it's because of the preview. It's not like we were walking through. We were stopping and starting, stopping and starting. Mm-hmm. So but I feel it was, it was clipping. Well, the line was clipping. It was along. going along, but I mean, I guess my point is that it's not like, oh, the park's about to close. Let's just like run on a couple times. It, yeah, it, it felt like legitimately line. crowded. Yeah, and um, it just went by so fast. And not overly crowded. It was like, yeah, you were able to walk around. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. This this little bit, the final bit of the queue here is um, we go through a couple more hallways, but they're short. Mm-hmm. Kind of uninteresting, but still like control panels and, and arabesque, you know, written on things uh, on the walls. Um, and then uh, we we get to this final passage that um, is actually has windows to our left where we can then get one last look at the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. And we get the look at the top side of it again, like more crazy detail. Um, the dish was round again mm-hmm. and that because the the <laughs> this this is kind of nerdy and i hope i'm getting this right i hope <laughs> i'm not flipping these two around but the the you know how in the spice or in the in the minds of um was it on crate did it get knocked off and it had it originally had anyway and now i just i remember noticing it and i looked it up but now i'm forgetting it um but it was like it, just so much so much detail again so much detail that has to do and by the way this the story black spire outpost star wars galaxy edge just on the timeline is taking place between uh episode eight and episode nine so exactly where we're at now um mm-hmm. that is where this all takes place so the state like i read a thing today about some footage from d23 that showed kind of a gussied up millennium falcon Mm -hmm. um but this was not the case in galaxy's edge so it is definitely the last time we saw the the millennium falcon it was in pretty bad shape yeah cosmetically right uh and such is the case at uh galaxy's edge as well Will we see hondo in i don't know maybe i don't know Hmm. we might maybe maybe some you know maybe they allude to him or something but um, or he makes a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Oh, oh my. 
so as you walk through the, you're about to get to, to another cast member to where they're going to kind of break you up into one or two groups where you're about to go into a pre-show. Uh, but before doing that, there is something to point out, which there is a garbage can, you know, that final thing where you can chuck in your, you know, your beer or your Slurpee or whatever it is that you have uh, before you blue milk, your blue milk. And uh, when you look at it, it's written in Arabesh um, trash to sector three, two, six, three, eight, two, seven. This is the sector that the trash compactor from star Wars episode four was in, in the Mm. death star. Nice. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Noise. Very cool. Noise. And so that brings us then to getting ready for the pre-show. So um, they kind of gather you up. I think the first time we went, the uh, the um, cast member was definitely into his role. Mm-hmm. And he was whispering something to the people on the f- uh, in front of us. Yeah. And then they'd all kind of like turn around and like give us the side eye. He and- said we were Sith spies or something he thought we might be like first order spies or something (laughs) and so i think i am and so they were uh, everybody was looking at us giggling it was a little uncomfortable like i I found my limit to to play i i like i like (laughs) that i was like i'm like ha ha ha, that's great let's drop it (laughs) it kept going i'm a trooper no, you're an introvert. Oh. You don't. Yeah. 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 I just want to play in my mind. That's all. <laughs> and so then suddenly these these blast doors open and then we walk into this room and we see this catwalk in front of us and up there is. Well, real quick, I would compare the, the room that you go into because we didn't really talk about it. Like they split us up, not the party yet, but they like split groups groups up. up so there's like one side and then another side and i would compare it to um test track where it's like there's two different sides of the room there's no numbers yeah. you're not put on numbers or anything but yeah. like it it seems a lot like that like you're going to, into another room to create something but really you're not you know yeah and and except the difference being that we're all about to experience the same thing we yeah. just have a divider between For, us yeah. it's just a way to kind of control the right i mean clearly the there's two quote-unquote millennium falcons no there's oh. there's, one. there's just one okay but yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and so uh and we'll get into it so we look episode. up yeah <laughs> so we'll look up at the we look up and there is an animatronic of hondo and it is it is brilliant brilliant it is spectacular it really is um it it it's hard to think that something could have beaten the, the shaman mm-hmm. in Navi river. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does. I don't think so. Really? No. You really? like the shaman better? I think. Yeah. Well, it's pretty fluid. She's, she's just so graceful. Yeah. And her yeah. movements and like, are very, but Hondo takes a step for crying out yeah. loud. He's like, Hey, I got to check on something back here. And you see him just, like swing around and kind of take a one step forward a little bit. Yeah. And bleep, blop, bloop, bloop. And it uh, comes back around. You know, we can't have two different Well, ideas. as you're looking at him, he is flanked by two monitors. Um, and, um, I was really excited to see that the monitors were four, three perspective. Uh, that is that old school television perspective that you would have seen in the original, 
um, you know, prior to flat screen TVs and LCD screens and plasma screens. I mean, this is, this is is like an old tube television. And uh, behind that is a window. And outside of that is this um, projection, like this 3D projection kind of mapping projection, I guess, Mm -hmm. of a hangar bay. Right. And the Millennium Falcon flies in. So as he's talking to you, in in fact, um, let's let's hear a clip of of what um, Hondo says to us as he's standing up there. Yes, yes. Hello, hello, my friends. I am Hondo Onaka, and this is Onaka Transport Solutions. Today, and the sound design I am on this is the cool opportunity too. of a lifetime. I need flight crews to transport this valuable merchandise across the galaxy. Pilots to navigate, engineers to operate the ship, and gunners to defend the shipments. And that is where you come in. So um, at that point, you do see the the ceiling of the of the um, hangar open mm-hmm. and then like you were saying in comes the millennium falcon right and uh what so so hondo's like hey chewy you know and you see chewy come up, come on, up those on the monitors. screens and essentially now we start to get this story hey chewy you're let's go over the agreement you said we could use your ship if we and you we use your ship, Go we get supply the supplies. We supply, yeah, we get the supplies and then I make a little bit of profit. That's kind of what And the you've done something great for the rebellion. For the for the resistance. Resistance. Yes. So that's exactly right. And um yeah, and so then we're really told nothing else about the uh, mission, except he's like, okay, well, let's get moving along before Chewie changes his mind. At that point, it's clear that you're about to head into the Millennium Falcon. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, don't make me cough. Sorry. I've gone this whole time without coughing. I'm finding a little respiratory thing. Um, anyway. Um, so, you come across a cast <laughs> member. Coughing. Gross. Go ahead. <laughs> you so you've now left the big room and it kind of goes back down into a tunnel again from like this big huge room. Yeah. Go back into a tunnel and that's where you meet the cast member who gives you your flight assignments and your tickets. Yeah, so this is where things get so interesting. Um I really love the creativity that they put into this so so you're about to head into the millennium falcon and like you said they 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 have these boarding passes they're like physical boarding passes or crew passes that they're going to put into your hands and um there are three different assigned there are six crew members Mm -hmm. each of them um or there are two yeah there there's a pilot there's gunners and there's engineers. engineers and so um you could be in the red group. You could be in the green yellow, group. Yellow. You could be in yellow. There's white. brown. Brown. There was brown, white, purple. Was there a green? Yellow. And there was a green. Red. Red. And so, you know, as you come in, there's like group of six or whatever. They they give you these. As you, you walk these, through. As you walk through. Now, at that point, you are. This is also where the, the single rider line Kind of merges. In. Yeah. Now, just. You guys, this is where it gets so cool with all of the technological advances, with all of the Easter eggs, with the fact that we are now actually in the lounge of the Millennium Falcon. You, we have to take note of 
There's no line. This boarding thing that they do because you walk in, there is no line. You're in this big open lounge and you see all of the cool Millennium Falcon stuff around you. And you don't even have to to stay with you don't have to stay with your group. You just walk around and explore and look at all this stuff. Push buttons and and then you just and then they're not even yelling. They'll just be like, "Okay, now I need all my red. Where's my red crew over here?" and and then everybody just kind of gathers around and they and they take that and they, group and they off. take you into the cockpit but mm-hmm. uh prior to that and it's just so laid back it is i don't so know laid why back. and it feels so real to the to the, to story. the story you mm-hmm. know when you're standing in like a turnstile or you know between these two bars and somebody goes now it's your turn next next it's just like th- to be able to just sit around and lounge around and, ex- and, and enjoy yourself mm-hmm. um the last five to ten minutes of your wait uh, was brilliant. It just puts you right into the story. You feel like you belong in that ship. Um, right. Just very well done. Um, but you guys, uh, help me recall some of the stuff that we saw in the lounge itself because that was just tremendous. Um, the one thing I noticed was um, Lond- Lando's um, cocktail set <laughs> from Solo. Yeah, this is well hidden too. Yeah, it's kind of back behind one of the control boards. So yeah, so there's that console um, that is in the Millennium Falcon. You'd, you'd know it if you saw it. you know what I was talking about. Uh, but um, back behind, like up on A the top of that console, kind of back kind of hidden behind it is this perfectly like, you know, very nice kind of, yeah, like kind of a, like a, it's like barware or like mm-hmm. a cocktail making kit. Um, and clearly, clearly, this just has the aesthetic of Lando. Of Lando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the other thing um, are these almost, well, they are. They're these little nest things made out of some kind of wires, wi- and- like wires and twigs and like some kind of fur. And I think they're pork nests. They are definitely yeah. pork nests. Yeah. yeah. But they're so little and cute. They're so cute. And they're yeah. kind of all over the. Yeah. And I see, the I saw them in the lounge. queue. Two. Oh, did you? A, a few. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I missed those. Interesting. And I, I, there was, there's, um, we'll probably talk about this more in the companion episode, but there's this like marketplace and one of the markets was like this little creature shop and I saw some porgs nests. Mm-hmm. Just like up, up and around. Oh, really? Yeah. I oh, saw, cute. I saw them kind of littered throughout. Yeah. Um, Fun. How fun. Yeah. Um, um, of course, there's the hall chess table that everybody is just sitting down, taking pictures of each other yeah. at. And everybody was really considerate of yep. each other. Everybody yeah. knew. No one's here to just plop down on this thing. Right. This is a picture opportunity, and everyone was just that, very cool. It was all pass holders, too. That could change when... Uh, uh, maybe. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Hmm. You have a lot of faith in us pass holders. I, don't I mean, know. no. <laughs> have you been on the groups on Facebook? It gets, it gets a little dicey sometimes. But. <laughs> there's um, there's a training droid, the training droid that Luke uh, trained yes. with. Yes, and his helmet with and that his, blast shield. The visor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, welding goggles from when um, Han and Leia kissed. Um, oh. That was kind of cool. Uh, and then, uh, oh, those oxygen masks. Um, the one where, um, the when they were in, it was in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And they went into what they thought was just like the crater or the tunnel in the asteroid. And um, they... Uh, 
you know, saw, saw the mine ox. And so they had mm-hmm. to go outside to see, um, you know, to investigate. And uh, that was the oxygen mask, but also the same oxygen mask that Finn and Ray wore when they were hiding in the cargo bay, ready mm-hmm. to like blow some kind of um, oxygen line or so, hydrogen line or something. Um, so tons of detail, tons of detail. Um, if there's probably so many more, one little kid pushed a button on one side of the lounge and then all these alarms went off and, the, and somebody had to run over, to the, to, other run over side, to the other side, push a green button to make it stop. All these. Yeah. Did you say all the alarms went off? And yeah. Stuff? yeah. Yeah. And like the lights were flickering and yeah, it was, it was fun. So then finally, uh, they call your boarding uh, color and you go there and they line you up uh, pilots first. Um, gunners. Gunners second and then uh, um, engineers last. And they take you down through another one of those the hallways. And of course, we're talking about the hallways um, that are um, that are white. Well, now they're kind of like yellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, and, and that, that actually brings up an interesting point. Again, we are at this point in the timeline where it's between eight and nine. The, the Millennium Falcon has been sitting in the sun um, mm-hmm. on Jakku for a very long time. It has been um, you know s- um, scavenged for parts, and uh, it's in bad shape. There are panels missing. Right. There are there's insulation sticking out. Yeah, uh, there's there's you see whole bunches of wires exposed mm-hmm. as they're running through. Like the, the panels aren't there. I mean, this is this looks nothing like it did when Lando owned it, and um, certainly it's, it's not in, when even Han. Yeah, and it's in worse shape than when Han owned it. So. Uh, we're definitely seeing it. Um, and so the, as they lead you down to the, to getting ready to get in the cockpit, there's a, one more monitor to where we see Hondo one more time. This time he's not an animatronic. This time he's uh, like a CGI, like live action looking character. Mm-hmm. And he kind of basically gives us a little more detail about the mission. He gives us kind of the rundown of our jobs and yes. So he lets us know that we're going to Corellia and that we're going to get coaxium. So if that any of this sounds familiar, that's because that's exactly what uh, uh, Han's first job was, Han and Chewie's first job uh, in Solo, in Solo uh, their first heist. And so we're going back to do that. The, uh, the Resistance needs a coaxium, and Hondo needs once the money. So that's what we're going to go do. So uh, we... Uh, we basically then physically get into the cockpit. We sit down, like Fiona said. If you're in a wheelchair, um, you can you can request just um, a little more time. You know, you say you know I'm going to need a little more time getting into my chair. They do have a special cockpit reserved for that. I don't think physically it's any different. It's just one that is well, set aside. No, I think it is a little different in that they have like an extra little bay opening for it oh where they can we put- had to well we had to ride an elevator down yeah well and, and the that. one one thing we forgot to mention in the accessibility information is that there is um a crate for the service animals oh yes there is a because we saw a service animal oh yeah get that's right yeah it's very yeah. sad yeah now I think- I would say that's the only thing that's different about it and you don't walk down a white tunnel to get there you kind of walk just well you do but it's a lot shorter yeah that's true yeah it is still a white tunnel but it's just 
it's it's a little more again utilitarian. Um, they had to give up some design for you know to be able to accommodate mm-hmm. yeah. and all of these things. Uh, but I was very appreciative of it uh, mm-hmm. to be able to just get in there and transfer Liam right there to know that his and w- the cast members who run the co- cockpits are really they are like take your time, kind take your time, and caring yeah. and helpful nerds nerds so here we are now ready to take off on this ride and um as they're doing the final safety checks um you you do see i mean let's describe this this is the cockpit this is exactly what you think it would look like the millennium falcon with the black panels and the green lights and the and blue the, lights the blue and the, and the levers and the and all the control panels and the switches um all of that stuff uh, the 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 levers that are like those big cylindrical kind of silver things those are there in front of you and then that then that classic windshield that classic uh, uh, whatever you call, I guess it's a windshield. It's like a bay window. Yeah, and and outside of that, then you see completely surrounding the cockpit. You see the bay. You see the 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 hangar the bay. hangar bay. And um, even while there's even before the um, crew member is out of the cockpit, because keep in mind in the in the story, the crew member is going with us. Right. So it's not like, you know, he or she has to run out of there before the film starts. The film actually starts. Hondo is telling you to start pushing all the buttons and start powering it up even before the the, um, flight or the cast cast member member has left. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was really super cool. It was cool. And um, and so what happens is you fire up and away we go uh, out of the top of the building. And at that point, um, Hondo starts to kind of doesn't kind of he starts to give you real direction. Hey, pilot, uh, left pilot, your lever is go- you're going to be moving the ship left and right. Right pilot. You're going to be moving up, up and, and down, down, but down is up and up is down. Right. Yeah. It's, it's on a, a reverse confusing. axis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, the gunners, um, you know, keep an eye out for anything. Just shoot those cannons. So so when you're a gunner, um, you don't there's, have an actual gun. There's a button that yeah. you press. But if you, look, if you look to the side, there was like a lock-in target. Yeah. You're not actually controlling it at all. But like if you look, it's fun to see like yeah. it line up with the TIE fighters. and Right. And that's another detail to point out is is that it's, this is not um, like when they show displays. It's not elaborate Mm-mm. animation. It is it is that that seventies computer vector kind of yeah, right stuff. pixelated. Yeah, it's pixelated. It's <laughs> outlined. Yeah, it's green. It's glowing. It's like uh, it's kind of like Luke's targeting um, computer yeah. on the X wing. Exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, and and as we take off, we find ourselves up out of the top of the building where we just were. We can actually look down and we can see now an empty courtyard where the Millennium Falcon once was sitting as mm-hmm. you entered into the attraction. Now it's not there because you're inside of it and up in the air. And um, a quick, oh, a quick little Easter egg as you're up over the Black Spire outpost getting ready to, to, to get out of uh, the atmosphere. There's certain ships that are flying in and out and you can see a Star Speeder 1000 mm. uh, from Star Tours just go right in front yeah, of you. So, um, is, but you have to be, I think your ship has to be at the right angle to see it. Yeah, I think so. I don't think there's tons of variation on this part. Now, now this brings up a good point, though. I think there so because I think you can crash into that thing or not crash into that thing. Okay. Well, there are there are um, there are certain 
um, outcomes mm-hmm. with this with this attraction. Now that we're inside, we can talk about this, and that is. Um, you know, depending how accurate you are with shooting or how good you are taking instructions or how good you are actually um, piloting the Millennium Falcon. You know, are you crashing into things? Are you missing marks? Are you doing this or that? You have different opportunities to do well or to not do so well. And um, that really does have small out- effects on the outcome as you go. It's nothing drastic. Um, but it's more than just like, uh, 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 owing, um, Hondo money for damage. It really does affect certain things that happen in, well, within the ride itself Mm -hmm. too. Uh, so anyway, keep that in mind as we start to walk through this, we're really running through pretty much a conglomeration of, of what happened to us the three times that we wrote it. Um, yeah, so let's keep talking about this as, um, as we get out of, um, so, oh, Hondo says, hit the booster pilot. The pilot hits the booster, gets us out of the atmosphere. And this is, and then he says left pilot hyperspeed and or light speed, light speed. Sorry. It's not star or it's not star Trek. And so (laughs) you go into light speed and you get to pull back on the, oh man, it was so cool. It's so cool to do that. You see the stars turn into those streaks and then you're in that big blue tunnel. You come out on the other side of that and then now you're over Corellia and you just go straight down into the atmosphere. Into the city quickly. Yeah. And so you're over this industrial area, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's TIE fighters flying all around protecting the the train with with the, what is it, Corellium? A no. coaxium. coaxium, right? So, so we know that we're supposed to go after this first order train, right? Um, just like the one in Solo, pretty much. And so, um, so the gunners are then told, "Hey, get protect us and shoot all these Tie fighters." And so, the gunners are shooting, shooting, shooting the Tie fighters, and they're exploding all around us, and we're going through their carnage. Exactly. And so the whole point is to stay on the trail of that train. Uh, there was one point where there's so many of the TIE fighters, you're told to take evasive action. Left pilot kind of moves the, the Millennium Falcon to the left and we lose track of the train for a little bit, but we do get to hopefully finish off all the TIE fighters. Then we come back around and we're behind the train. Um, then we hear Hondo say, um, tell the engineers. Yeah. To shoot the harpoon. Yep. And so we harpoon the back uh, car of the train. And now it's up to the gunners to uh, shoot that car loose. And the whole idea is once it's loose, we've got a harpoon. No big deal. Well, depending how quickly and how efficiently the gunners can shoot that train uh, car loose depends on uh, whether or not you have to slam on the brakes or Mm -hmm. not. Um, and if you don't slam on the brakes, you will slam, you will smack into the back of that thing mm-hmm. and that's going to do damage to mm-hmm. it. So it's not like a video game where you're seeing values come down. You're, you're really, um, you're really blind to the damage. You know, until when, the end. Yeah. So you yeah. know when you're crashing into stuff, but it, you're, it's not like, oh, you better do better or here's comes a bonus or, right. you know, it's like none of that. It really is like real life. You're, you're either doing well or you're not doing so good and you're trashing the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... Um, so if you don't get it shot off in time... Yeah, you, you will... You, you smack into the back of it. And that's... Or or you don't, and it 
just goes off the edge yeah, and either, pulls you down. Either way, I think this is the same. Um, I think it, what happens is the the car goes down the shaft and you kind of go falling after because you're um, harpooned to it. Right. And then, bam, you hit the floor. Your first container of coaxium comes rolling out. And um, that's when Hondo, who's uh, there alongside with you in another ship, and I guess Chewie's there too because we hear him the whole time. I'm a little unclear Right. As to where Chewie is, I'm assuming he's with Hondo. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pick up that first thing of coaxium. And he says, okay, everybody fire back up the, well, the Falcon. Well, one thing is when he's explaining the roles and like how you do everything, um, Chewie actually comes in through the intercom interrupting Hondo and saying someone over in Wiki and then like he translates. So... Okay. I'm pretty sure he is He's with, with him. him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or at least somehow involved in this mission. Yeah. I mean, he's on the intercom system and, and I think to, to your point, Fiona, he probably is with, with Hondo. Um, mm-hmm. And um, now, now here's our opportunity to get the second container. And so um, basically you, you have to get things going again. And so everybody's pushing buttons and suddenly the millennium Falcon fires up. You take off again, you speed up. You're still having to hit a few of the tie fighters here and there, but then you get back behind the train again. And now you got to stay behind this train and this train is going through these like gate type things. Right. So you're, you're really having to like not smack any of those and do any more damage to the Falcon. The second time we did it, we, way outside the gates yeah we just in in hondo's like hello i said get behind the train yeah but don't you understand about get behind the train um and so then you're really just trying to shoot that second cargo um car loose um if you succeed then it falls off and hondo says great you keep flying and i'm gonna pick up the the second um container of coaxium um, if you don't do it in time, then too late. There's the your, your opportunity. Yeah. Your opportunity is blown because then, then this big first order gunship comes out of nowhere and Hondo's like, that's it. We got our one container. We got to get out of here. And so, um, as a distraction, then he devises a plan after your, after the gunners are shooting at a few more tie fighters, then, um, Hondo comes up with a plan. Gunners shoot the torpedoes at the train as a distraction. And so you fire off the torpedoes and it hits the train. And it does like a sonic blast. Yeah, it does. It gets real quiet. And then it... It's like one of those... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the music kind of dies down. and I think there's like a single string still Mm -hmm. like resonating. Um, (laughs) Anyway, at that point then, that's a big enough distraction where they... Where they you know, say hit the boosters, you get out of the atmosphere and then you go into hyperdrive or you go into, you go into light speed. speed. (laughs) Sorry. It's the hyperdrive that does it. But anyway, um, and, um, so one of two things can happen. Um, you, you either just go straight to, um, back straight to Batu and right over black spire outpost. Or if you've done enough damage to, the part of the Millennium Falcon that and has. I also think not getting that second car could have something to do could with Could have something to do with the timing yeah. of it. So, so it either has to do with the fact you didn't get the second thing of coaxium or that you've done enough damage to the Millennium Falcon. You end up right out over Batu 
but but in like an asteroid but in an asteroid field field. and you're he's yelling at you telling you your hyperdrive has failed now you got to shoot your way through a bunch of tie fighters again and the whole point is you got to get them you got to get them all because we don't want to them to follow we don't okay because um chewy says something in hondo's like yeah you're right we don't want these guys following us back and discovering the resistance and um, anyway, you you shoot at all this stuff, and you're the pilots are desperately trying to avoid the um, asteroids, the asteroid, the asteroids themselves. Um, it seems like almost always you hit one that bumps you down into Another the atmosphere. One. No matter oh, what you, no yeah. matter what you try to do, you will hit one uh, mm-hmm. that puts you down into the atmosphere. And then at that point, Chewie you, takes over and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, Hondo says Chewie will take it from here. Um, good job, we got at least one, and you're lowered back down to exactly where you started from in the hangar. In the hangar, and um, yeah, and then and then and then he revealed. Oh, go ahead. Fiona. Oh well, then he tells you that you get a portion of the the credits, the credits, like two crates worth or whatever it is. He says, yeah. And then so then there's this little screen on the. Um, the left pilot side it's probably the size of a cell phone and it's got um the amount of credits that you you've made but then once you see how many credits you've made he then reveals that you have to pay him back for the damage of the millennium falcon and so then you lose a ton of credits and yeah (laughs) so you really want to be careful in your yeah in your piloting yeah absolutely and and so at that point, the the doors open and you leave. If there is a delay in leaving, uh, you know, because I don't know, maybe all the flights didn't sync up. Maybe um, I'm not sure why, you know. But but if the if the cast member can't get to you in time, you sit there and um, Hondo starts kind of going through a laundry list of of the, the things that you've messed items. up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's really cool. I would say. At the end of the day, this is it, it, it. It's like a video game, except it's not like points. It's not. I mean, you do you do lose. You start off with a certain amount of maximum credits you could get out of this mission, but that goes down the more damage you do, and the the less coaxium coaxium that you, get. That yeah. you collect. Um, yeah. it, it was just it's just so fascinating. It it. You know, you know how there's zero consequences to um, mission space when you don't hit your button. Yeah, right. Um, when you don't hit your button here, there are consequences, and it's, it's. I, I love that it's not going to send you off on like some drastically different path. It's just it's going to. Um, it's just going to kind of give you a little, um, a little different scenario in which things, the way things play out. You know mm-hmm. that that may be the way in which Hondo yells at you. It may be uh, whether or not you're able to get out of um, hyper, you know, out of light speed or whatever. So, um, and, and, and the other close. thing is because Liam, when Liam goes on it, he can't really interact with the buttons at all. So you're, the cockpit's uh, small enough for if you have a little one who can't yeah. really reach the buttons or doesn't know really what, what to, to do, do. Um, you can go and, 
reach Push behind. The yeah, the, f- the first time we rode, Liam was a pilot, and so yeah. I'm. I was, <laughs> was able to lean over. <laughs> I was going left and right with my left hand, and I was going up and down with my right hand because Liam just can't operate that. He wouldn't even know he's blind right. deaf. Um, but I would say this: that part of me was concerned that um, that if you didn't uh, perform well. Mm-hmm. That you'd be making other people mad in the cockpit, like strangers that aren't with mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, it's even if you're crashing into a lot of stuff, you're 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 still not like stalling out the adventure. The adventure it, the story it keeps, keeps going. moving forward, moving yeah. forward. And everyone gets a chance to do something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're it's not like it drastically changes it. It's not like, oh, it's game over or start over. Because yeah. I was really nervous. We had met up with some f- friends in the park who was who, who there there the night or the day ahead the of day us. ahead of us. And you know, um talking about how they crashed it. And then you met somebody on the bus talking about crashing the Millennium Falcon. And yeah, you crash into stuff, but you don't crash crash yeah. it's not yeah you're not it's not breaking apart so go have fun i mean th- there may be a point where the older this ride gets you're just going to get people who are experts at it you know right um, and they'll be mad that they're the gunner or something m- yeah maybe yeah exactly so whatever but i just don't really even see that happening i just i think that's the only scenario in which i can think of somebody actually getting upset you know because because yeah. uh, um when when i had to take over for liam and, and operate both i was almost apologizing to the people who are with us and they're like oh yeah the first two times this is the we've been on it three times and this is the best the best uh flight we've, flight had. we've had so <laughs> um, yeah and probably if you do the single rider line you will not be a pilot you're probably going to take one of the gunner or engineer positions. I would imagine. Yeah, I yeah. would imagine that you'd end up being because they there. usually have them well, stacked. Pilots, gunners. Except for engineer. one. One thing we did see is this family. They were looking at all their cards and they found the people who were the single riders, and they were like, "Hey, do you guys like? We already been on this before. Would you guys have you been on it? Would you like to be pilots? Nice. Oh, that's cool." That? Um, I do remember that. Yeah, but I'd like to think I would do that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but we didn't even talk about how you leave. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So, um, So I I don't know how it is for the other ones, but I know that if you do have a wheelchair, there's a uh, elevator that you'll go into. Which even the elevator's themed out. You never like. You go never away leave from the, the story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not like you get in and it's yeah. like uh, wood paneling from like the Like Pirates 80s. of the Caribbean. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. But yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, you just walk into this hallway that's tiled <laughs> and you're like, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, this, like the, it's great. And then as you get out of the elevator, you walk through these hallways, but be careful because there's these different like outputs that people are walking, like hallways that, that people, people are, are walking from out of from their experience and so and they uh, tend and, to really bust yeah, out of and no one things. ever stops they just walk right through and we've nearly hit a every lot time of we went out we were <laughs> yeah it was, it was strange yeah. the first time we did it we're like oh wow that person was going fast and then it happened it again. happened again <laughs> so there's clearly something about the hallway experience that makes everyone yeah. think that they got a rush they or they can just like not yield um yeah. And so I don't I don't know what that is. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. there is a main hallway, and there are off, and off hallways. Probably the 
one out of very few attractions. This does not have a gift shop at the end. It's true. I'll be darned. You're right. Yeah. I was really expecting it to be spit out yeah. at a gift shop, but no, it, yeah. I mean, I think that would take away that experience. It would take yeah. away like the experience. You, for all the gift areas are in the marketplace, which is it's just it's so It's really fun. cool. And yeah. I enjoy it. And they're very curated, and we will talk about that next week for okay. sure. Um, this is a, a very impressive ride. I'd be curious to know if we, you know, typically when we do a ride through, it's we've been on it 20, 30 times or more. Um, to to do it after only three times, uh, to do an episode like this, um, it's it's interesting. It feels weird doing it, you know. But yeah. I feel like we it was such an in the moment thing. We soaked in so much. Um, so I'd be interested to know, like, if we recorded this at the end of the season, or if we recorded this at the end of the third season, would we? Um, what would we notice? Mm-hmm. You know, if we listen back to this a year from now, I'd be like, like why? Oh. Why didn't we mention that? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, what else is there so to discover? Much, yeah. You know. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, tremendous, tremendous ride. Like, well done. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. done all the way around. It's so seamless. Um, going into the story, coming out of the story, uh, just really well done. Couldn't yeah. couldn't be uh, more. You pleased. Can't wait for that other. Yeah, the, the rise of the resistance. Opening. Yes, yes. yeah. We'll touch on that, how we think that'll be uh, a little bit next week. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a companion episode, um, but because this is a newer ride, and um, I don't know if it's important enough to really talk about the history of this ride, or at least everything that went into this ride, um, I think it's probably better for us to do basically a review of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and just talk about our experience mm-hmm. and give some details around that next week. So um, that's going to be our companion episode next week is uh we'll we'll touch on a few things with i think with smugglers run but pretty much we're just going to focus on um what we thought about star wars galaxy's edge Mm -hmm. so um so as we wrap this episode up i'm just going to remind you guys that you can get a hold of us through instagram at ride through pavilion on um pinterest at ride through pavilion and on Twitter at Ride Through Pod. Yeah. And if you if you happen to have this, if you're listening to this podcast through a podcast app that allows you to review, please be sure to review us because that helps us out and absolutely it helps. At, at the very least, rate us. Rate us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And share some feedback. Share with your friends. <gasps> yes. Yes. All right, guys. I love that we did this. I love that. This is just like the the dream opening episode of season two. I could not have imagined that we'd be able to do this uh, and have the opportunity to do it, but we did, and I'm excited. Um, mm-hmm. Excited to go back in six weeks <laughs> to uh, spend a lot more time at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, anyway, so like we said, um, this is the uh, first of many, many great episodes of season two, and of course, we'll be back next week. Be back. <laughs> next week with our companion episode which is going to be star wars galaxy's edge uh review episode so we will see you then in the meantime i'm I, jeremy oh i'm fiona i'm amy and oh i thought you were liam oh i can liam and i'm liam i can liam <laughs> and somewhere around here is amy and we will see you next time on right through